Hello, everyone. We are trying to do another stream of Locked On Guardians. Uh, and why are we going for the stream tonight? It is episode 700. 700 of these episodes. I want to thank all the fans who have helped get us to 700 episodes talking all about your Cleveland Guardians. Uh, it's more of an accomplishment for the listeners than it is for me because the I wouldn't have had 700 episodes if it wasn't for all the fantastic listeners out there. So I just want to take that moment and say thank you to Locked On Guardians fans and team and everyone. Uh, you are the reason this podcast is still going. You are the reason I am still the host of said podcast. You are the reason I get to do this and have fun with a fantastic group of people. Uh, we're going to talk about a no good, very bad game today. We're going to preview the Oakland series. We're going to talk some prospects, uh, take a few questions as well, and we'll see if any questions pop up in the chat. But... Uh, all of that is coming up on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I know it's a late night stream here, and I'll be honest, uh, this is take two. The first time the stream didn't connect, so I did all the recording and then nothing <laughs> appeared over here. Uh, so at least this time I can tell you I know it's working. Uh, for those who don't know me, again, I've done 700 episodes of this show. I am Jeff Ellis. Before I came to Locked On, I was the lead MLB draft and prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7. Before that, I was a featured writer, mostly uh, draft and prospects as well over at Indians Baseball and Indians Prospect Insider when it first began. Uh, and then through that draft coverage, I have appeared on pretty much every Cleveland sports uh, blog, at least if not in article format, in content format, or uh, in quotations through the years. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. And let's get into a... I didn't watch all this game. You know, it started when I was at work. I watched the big innings. Uh, you know, I jumped in in around the fourth uh, to watch everything go haywire. And it was not good on any level. It was a really, like that fourth inning, it just made, you couldn't be anything other than like pissed off. Like, let's be honest, that is an inning where they get three runs and it's, should they have gotten any? If you missed it, uh, Quantrell has the throw to second base. He misses the throw. So that's one out you're leaving on the, the books. Then the next, uh, very next play, Owen Miller miffs, uh, miffs, muffs the catch at first base. And that's out number two you're giving them. They eventually get three across because you gave them two additional outs. Uh, they didn't need additional help. The Guardians gave them additional help. They get three runs right there. Uh, so Quantrell's final line in this one was six innings, only four hits, three walks, four strikeouts, one earned run, but three total runs across. And you can go back, Shaw, uh, his he gave up a run in the seventh on two hits and a walk. Uh, to get out of the inning, after they load the bases due to all those errors, that Ernie Clement, sorry, making like dad sounds as I move around in my chair. Uh, Ernie Clement makes a fantastic throw across the diamond. And, you know, some, I had Zach uh, tweet out, uh, let me know about it. But then, and, and you know, Clement is interesting because, like, 
like I said, you know, I got the tweet from Zach uh, Shroom over here on, on YouTube is has been insistent. I'm just kind of curious talking with people like this, and you can go back to when I interviewed my friend uh, and colleague Aaron and uh, not Aaron Adam Lieberman, who used to be the uh, media relations for the Akron Aberdox, who that was his sleeper when I was asking him like, who's the under the radar guy in system? But for all those people, I'm like, what about Clement? Gives you confidence he's going to be more in a backup. I still, to me, it's like there's, I don't think there's enough power. I think, you know, he's a good but not great athlete. I think he could be a very strong backup, but I'm just kind of curious to see from people. Because uh, what Clement giveth, Clement taketh away, because they had a chance to get that run at home, but he mishandles the ball, it bobbles. He gets the, sh- he still gets the shirt out at first, but there was a chance to cut down that lead runner in that inning. I mean, things go differently. Maybe this game goes into extras. Now, I don't know if it deserved to go into extras. When Austin Hedges is legitimately like 70% of your production, you probably should lose a game. Let's be honest there. You know, I was talking about uh, yesterday and on Twitter. This is the first time we saw Joe Adele in the whole series because uh, Tani got the day off, so they moved Trout to DH, and Adele played in left field. There's been a lot of debate, and a lot of people are like, oh, Cleveland doesn't have any infielders to trade. Cleveland's infielders are terrible. I, and I just kind of want to take that second. Or I'm sorry, it was Miller's bad throw, and then, I mean, or miscatch by Miller is what it was. And that's what it was. I just I just got thrown off as I was looking at this. Uh, yeah, it's looking at this team, looking at the performance in this game, I... And then looking at Anaheim, we get very upset with like, how bad it's been. And I, you know, admittedly so. There's a lot of terrible performers offensively for Cleveland right now. Uh, all of them have had better production than Andrew Valesquez, the shortstop for the Angels. Uh, 359 OPS. That is lower than Franmil. That is lower than Hedges. Franmil is at 413, which is worst on the team. Hedges, 536. Uh, Ernie Clement, 543, just to go back to that conversation. So I, I don't see how anyone, in, if your whole thing is like, well, Fletcher will come back. David Fletcher isn't a great defensive shortstop, and Tyler Wade is a two, you know, 660 OPS right now, likely to go down. That's probably the high water mark. Fletcher should just be a second baseman. This is a team that doesn't really have anyone on the horizon to play shortstop for them. So, yeah, I think... I still think there is a trade to be made. Uh, maybe it's a pitcher plus, maybe, uh, or an infielder and a a pitching piece. I, I don't know, but I don't think this Anaheim team can really feel confident in their middle infield combination, though it <laughs> didn't affect them in this series, did it? 7-12 oh, and 12 for the Guardians after, you know, on a seven-game losing streak. 7-5 and five coming in to New York, and it's just been... Uh, a disaster show since then uh, in this game who reached base twice well you had two walks by miles straw and you had two hits by austin hedges uh jose ramirez also had a hit and that's that's it that's that's everyone who reached base uh looking at the opportunities i i apologize i'm gonna say it now you might be hearing baby in the background i feel like i can hear him from here i know my wife is currently with him but uh i'm gonna apologize if you do hear baby in the background uh just going through and doing how I typically like opportunities. It's typically about every three opportunities on average nets a run. Uh, the Guardians had four hits and two walks, so six opportunities netting one run is a low amount. Uh, 
on the other side of things, six hits for LA, but four walks and two errors on Cleveland gave him 12 opportunities. Four runs is about average for that. That, that fits that. Uh, and that's the thing. It's like those errors. And then even like the errors, like, like I said, Clement, what happened with him isn't an error, but that might've, you know, cost him another run. So yeah, it's, it's a hard game too, like in terms of where I go back and it's like in every game I, I look for, you know, who are the stars, who are the three stars. <coughs> Downside to a stream. Can't pause it when I feel a cough coming on. Also the downside of being the only one on the podcast is a little bit parts like that. Um, especially when it's take two. Straw had a hit in two walks. So there's one of your stars. Austin Hedges had two hits, including a home run. He got the only run across in this one. There's your other star. <laughs> Do you give it to Jose Ramirez for his one hit? Uh, Do you give it to Nick Sandlin for having a clean inning? Do you give it to Quantrell? Because it was one earned run in six innings. I think in the end, you give it to Quantrell for one earned run in six innings. Three runs in six innings isn't bad. Uh, but one earned run in particular is why he gets the third star in this one. Cleveland's got uh, Oakland on deck now. That's a team that should be worse than it is. Uh, I, you know, going over the numbers, I just didn't see it as a. I thought they'd be bad. I thought they'd be very bad uh, overall. And I was looking at them as a team. I'm like, I don't know if the Guardians are necessarily better. If I'm being honest. So, yeah, I, I think that this series could still be a tough one this weekend. We're going to take our first commercial break here. I'm going to write down my timestamp. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about the Oakland series. After that, I'm going to take a few questions from the listeners of Lockdown Guardians here on episode 700. Uh, and then we will uh, prospects, questions, Oakland preview, all coming up in a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our great sponsors, BuiltBar.com. I know them. I love them. Right now, they got a free gift over at BuiltBar.com, and they have their new granola bars. I'm very excited and tempted to try these. The white chocolate is already sold out. I'm okay with that because I think they do peanut butter and coconut better than berry, but that's just me. I'm not as big on the berry. But you can right now go there, try their brand new product, and you're getting a free gift on every order. And remember, when you go there, you want to use the promo code LOCK15. I told the story earlier this week that my friend who's a doctor, I was staying at her house. And I'm like, oh, you got a fridge full of Bilt Bar. And I'm like, you know, what is, uh, I was like, you know, well, out of curiosity, you use a promo code. And she's like, the best I could get was uh, 10% off. So LOCK15 is better than anything else that you will find in terms of savings. It's what I use when I shop from them. And again, if you go there right now, you can buy some new granolas and you get the free travel cooler. Like a little cooler to keep your built bars cold. That deal comes and goes. I have one of those travel coolers. They are nice. I use mine. You go to builtbar.com today. Maybe you want to try the new granola bar, a brand new experience. Maybe you're like me and you like the yellow chirps, which are like a peep, or the churro, which is just delicious. All the flavors are great. There isn't a bad flavor. You can't go wrong at builtbar.com. It gets an A from my health food app, it gets an A from my heart. Builtbar.com. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15. Our other fantastic sponsor today is Blue Nile. I talked about the fact that Blue Nile was a sponsor last year, and their jewelry, I can still picture it in my mind. It is a really uh, engaging, interesting piece. It's, you know, Mother's Day is right around the corner. I always struggled with gifts for mom. 
swear she didn't like anything I got her until I had kids when I could then do things based on pictures. If you want to give a little bit more than that, if you want to do something higher end, something nicer for mom, something that's going to be interesting and stand out and a gift for her, go to BlueNile.com today. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off 500 This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured ships and ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Uh, Time to write down the point. You got to tag everything. Some behind baseball moments here on the podcast. So let's talk about Oakland. Oakland uh, traded away like everything that was not uh, nailed down. Uh, they've also had a large uh, COVID issue, uh, much like the Guardians. Uh, but they're an interesting team. Uh, they have a lot of players that I've been very high on over the years. I talked about Seth Brown as a you know under the radar trade candidate. Tony Kemp under the radar trade candidate. Sean Murphy we all know about. Uh, by now, Nick Allen, I've I had in a dozen trades at various points in time. Uh, Christian Pache is another one of those we talked about in yesterday's show. The big name prospects that don't always hit. I mean, Pache at one point in time, I believe, was the top outfield prospect in baseball. And if he wasn't, he was still a top 10 overall prospect in baseball. And there's Billy McKinney, who I don't know how. I mean, when there's a nuclear apocalypse, cockroaches and Billy McKinney will survive. He was originally in Oakland, I believe, as like a comp pick. Or did he start as, was he a draft pick of the Yankees? No, it was Oakland, uh, 24th overall. He has been everywhere. There's just It's amazing to me how many teams. I believe he went over in the deal for Samarja with uh, Addison Russell right back in the day. And he's He has bounced around so much. He's currently spotting all of a 33 runs created plus. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a disaster, but that guy just, he keeps, he keeps playing. He keeps plugging along. So let's do it. Let's compare these two teams. Let's go position by position. Catcher, Murphy, Hedges, Advantage Oakland. We don't need to spend a lot of time there, do we? First base, Seth Brown, uh, Guardians primary first baseman has been Owen Miller. I lean towards Oakland right now. Now I know Owen has been better, but Seth Brown has a little bit more of a track record. You know, neither is really a natural first baseman. So we'll have to see how it goes. This is one of those could completely flip uh, in a little bit of time. But for now, Eileen Oakland. Second base, Nick Allen uh, has really struggled. Andres Jimenez has been great. Advantage Cleveland. Both of them should be playing shortstops for their teams. <laughs> Allen is the shortstop of the future. Elvis Andrews is playing out a big contract. And then he'll be gone at the end of this year. Uh, it's ridiculous that they are having Nick Allen, who's like main skill and he's, he's like five foot six. I mean, he's listed at five foot eight, but I mean, you'll see when you watch. He is not a big guy. His de- defense was his calling card, and they're sitting there, and it's the same situation we're seeing. Thanks, Tony. Tony, I actually have a, a question from you coming up later on in the show. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I would type something in, but I know if I spent the time to sit and type, I would then. Uh, lose my train of thought like I just did right there. So getting back into these position-by-position comparisons, uh, we have Oakland up one as he moved to shortstop. Andrews versus Ahmed. Um, Push. Uh, Ahmed has been awful. You know, I I was talking about my dad uh, many times on the show. I was talking to uh, someone about Medicare, insurance, and this stuff. 
And uh, the person was asking me about, oh, he said, you still like Ohio sports and this and that. So talking about, he's like, well, what's wrong with this Guardians team? I'm like, honestly, they're just not that talented, right? Like, they have so many holes and so many guys underperforming. There's some great players, and then there's some not-so-great players. And there are some guys who are just really underperforming. Like, the biggest issue with this team, everyone gets so mad about Fran Mill and or you know Fran Mill's the big focus and Fran Mill has been dog poop like there's no nice way to put it he has been awful he's now hitting sixth Ahmed Rosario is hitting second statistically the most important spot in your lineup going to a guy who has been barely better than Fran Mill Reyes like that should have and he's a bad defender uh he's bringing nothing to the table and to me that is a bigger sin. That should be the bigger concern. It shouldn't be Franmo. It should be Rosario in the two-hole. Move everyone up. It'd just be better for... Why is this team falling apart without Stephen Kwan? That's part of it. It's a huge change to the entire lineup uh, when you put someone who's been that bad in that spot. Push. I'm just pushing it. I, I think neither guy is very good. I think based on a year ago, we'd think Ahmed would be the better choice, but it's it's a push. Third base, advantage Guardians. Uh, Sheldon News is an interesting guy. I liked him back in his Oklahoma days. Maybe it was Nebraska days. I'm going to get myself in trouble with this. One of the big 12 schools. <laughs> Leave it there. Uh, he came over in that, um, was it like Sean Doolittle? It was like him and Jesus Lazardo. And then was cut and now back. But the advantage Guardians, obviously. The News is playing well. Uh, we're even. Moving to center field. Christian Pache has the pedigree. He could end up being a better defender than Miles Straw. Miles Straw is a great defender. Pache could be even better. Uh, the bat has been a little stronger. I'm going to say advantage Guardians, but this is much like that Owen Miller, Seth Brown situation where those could flip. It, it could very easily change just because Pache's ceiling is, is so much higher. If you go back a year ago, before they made the, I mean, I did many Miles Straw trade things. You can also, I mean, there was nobody doing more of that than me uh through the past few years and can see when i uh i remember when kevin goldstein went to Fangraphs, and i was like okay my one question uh like i jokingly said hey you're welcome to come on lockdown guardians anytime my only question is going to be is why won't houston play miles straw or when i had uh, the houston host on the podcast you can find that video and i'm like why isn't miles straw getting chances <laughs> like and then i i schooled him on miles straw like i pulled up minor league data that he wasn't familiar with you know they're great dudes it's not to insult anyone uh, it was just, that's how deep in the woods I was with Miles Straw. I was kind of, I didn't think Straw was going to happen because, you know, Oakland, or Oakland, Houston, why would they trade their starting center fielder? So I focused on Pache in a similar vein. Like, okay, at least if you're defense first, you're going to bring something in that position. Uh, long way of saying I still favor Straw for now. So that gives the, the Guardians a one-point advantage. Move to uh, left field, which has been... A revolving door. It is uh, with Quan down. If Quan's there, it's it's Cleveland. Without Quan, it's Kemp in Oakland that has the advantage. Moving to right field, Piscotti. It's, you know, Piscotti uh, was very nice. St. Louis to trade him to Oakland, be closer to his family. I thought that was a sweetheart deal at the time with Piscotti when he signed that. I thought that was one of those great team friendly deals, just like I thought Eugenio Suarez was. Both cases, I'm an idiot. Uh, it's advantage Cleveland with Naylor over Piscotti right now. I mean, Piscotti, it's a negative value contract. God, he's 31. It was one of my first drafts when he was a... Uh, I was very high on him. Like, at the time, it looked like a win because I, I thought he was a top 20 talent. Though I liked Richie Shaper even more. 
<laughs> that didn't work out. But, uh, you know, it's he's kind of had a weird curve of age and uh, top-level performance. So that gives, what, the Guardians a one-point advantage. Moving to DH, uh, it's advantage Cleveland. <laughs> but no, so here's the thing. Roster resource list Billy McKinney as the DH. He's only played twice this week. Their primary DH has been a platoon. Uh, Christian Betancourt, their backup, one of the backup catchers, had two games at DH. He had one to Austin Allen. McKinney wasn't even a DH. You had one to Sean. They're like they they're carrying three catchers and essentially doing a catcher DH platoon. I'm Christian Betancourt did two games there, uh, and he's not good, like at all. His runs created plus this year in a very limited sample size is forty three. Uh, so it's advantage Cleveland just based on the history of Franmel. I know Franmel isn't good right now, but advantage Cleveland. Because Oakland doesn't have anything at all. And at least at one point, Fran Mill was good. And I think he will recover. Uh, but yeah, so that's a two-point advantage for Cleveland. Advantage, uh, rotations, Oakland. I made surprise people. Cole Irvin's been really good. Paul Blackburn's been statistically maybe their best pitcher. Frankie Montas is just building up that trade value. Dalton Jeffries, another guy I've been high on for years. Uh, really solid performer for them. I'll be curious to see like when they need a fifth starter... Is it going to be Adam Oler, who they got in that Chris Bassett deal? Is it going to be A.J. Puck, the top prospect, who's been working out of their pen? They have a few choices there, but both, they have a better rotation. Cleveland's rotation is Bieber with down velocity and then a bunch of back-end arms right now. Uh, we're hoping someone will take that step. We're hoping Tristan McKenzie can go forward, can jump up, and be uh, a number two. But I don't, you know, I really don't think that Quantrell or Plesak or Savale are more than three fours McKenzie is really your only hope for that uh front of the ro- rotation type of uh starter in that grouping so advantage and then bullpen it's almost a push uh Danny Jimenez has been great they're down Lou Trevino uh another injury I mean this is they're also a team that's beat up Caprillion pitched this year but man he has not been able to stay healthy Brett I mean Brett Honeywell is never healthy um uh, Lariano is currently still suspended for he's got to hit 27 games and then like Kevin Smith who was one of the big pieces in the Chapman deal he's hurt with a bone bruise or he'd be starting on the infield for them uh, they're just they're down some options uh, bullpen wise you know Trevor Steffen's been really good like for as much at the start of the year we were like there's class A and then uh, go look up you know, I, 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 I'm hesitant to say go look up Savant data because it's a, such a small grouping. But I'm also kind of annoyed that Trevor Steffen has had one appearance in the last week. Like, he needs reps. Get the guy some reps. I, it, it's not like the starters have been going super deep. But, I mean, almost no one has had more than two. I mean, two appearances in the max in the last seven days. Uh, but uh, Trevor Steffen's been really good. So you got Class A and Steffen on the other side of things. Uh, I keep saying Steffen. It's... Stephen, right? Trevor Stephen, not Stephen. Uh, pronunciation. Uh, I feel like I'm never going to, I'm always going to be too much in my own head on it. Uh, Danny Jimenez has been really good for them. Uh, Zach Jackson has been good over the case of the year. Puck is, you know, a strong player. Uh, Acevedo, is he the one who had the, the, He's not. No, I don't think he's the one who had the the issues in New York. But he was 
I want to say I was very high on him when he was like an A ball and was missing bats at a good rate and not walking anyone. So uh, interesting arm there. So bullpen push. So it's Cleveland has like a two point or one point advantage. Uh, so it's a very close game. But that's the thing. When I look at the pitching matchups, uh, Savali versus Oler right now, I favor Oakland. Bieber versus Montas right now, I favor Oakland. Tristan McKenzie versus Irvin, I fin- favor Oakland. Like I think you're hoping for one win in this one, you, you, maybe two. And that's not what I think people anticipate or expect, but that's just where I am. I, I'm hoping for, I'm thinking one, hoping for two, and really hoping uh, this series doesn't end with me saying a uh, 10-game losing streak. We're going to take that next break here, come back and talk. You know, I have a few questions from people uh, that I unfavorited, so I'm not going to read them word for word, but I'll give some shout-outs on them. And then uh, we'll also do a quick stream around the minors, talking about some top performers uh, for your Cleveland Guardians. And, you know, I, there's not many times on the show where I've given you, like, the can't-miss bet. Two games a year ago, I got both of those right. And then the Stephen Kwan, which is still, we can just see the one upside to his uh, his health issue is now I don't have to feel so bad about not taking my own advice over at betonline.net, your number one source for all of your bet, betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. So behind baseball, i got to sit here and write down my tags for time so I don't have to go dig it out later. Uh, I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day wherever you get podcasts. And this is episode 700. Please rate, review, do all that. Uh, let's make this the biggest one we have had. It may not be a monumental one. But uh, we'll start with questions. So uh, J. Lewis Sports, at J. Sports, sorry if I'm getting it wrong. I know he specifically said a pod question. And when I ran this podcast for the first time, uh, I said your full name and the everything. But then I clicked on favorite uh, because I, that's my way of knowing that uh, I was I, I had done the question. So I didn't do it again later. But he, he brought up a really good point, which is this idea that, you know, and someone, uh, that, like, how different really are Nolan Jones and George Valera, uh, except for like, and then health, uh, that, you know, Jones is healthier and someone's like, Jones is healthier. It's like, yeah, George Valera has never played in 90 games in a season. Uh, he has had what 80 odd games, 50 odd games. He's struggled mightily with health. And then to tag this one, uh, Hollister commercial at Hollister Commer at, I want to say it was like J Lewis sports. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Hollister's was like, is it concerning that Valera doesn't have a, that many doubles? I was like, that, it's interesting. He had 19 home runs and five doubles last year. That's just odd. You don't see that a lot. He had seven doubles. I mean, over his career, he's had 15 total doubles and 30 home runs. You normally see it like the other way. Uh, I don't know if it's concerning, but it is, it's odd. Uh, now in terms of Jay's statement, it's like, I was like, he's onto something because for as much as everyone, myself included, I've called Valera the top prospect in the system multiple times. You know, he's a 246 hitter through the minors. He has struggled with contact. Now he has a 386 on base. He walks at a good rate. I think he's got a little more power than Jones. I think he's going to be a better defender than Jones, and that's why I have him higher rated than Jones. But in terms of profile, 
there's a lot of similarity. I mean, these are guys who, if they hit 240 in the majors, that's an accomplishment. I don't think Valera or Jones are going to be that guy. Uh, you're betting on walks and power potential. And, you know, for, you can go, like, Fangraphs is free prospect rankings. You can read where, I mean, there are people who think that Valera is fool's gold. They think that he's not going to catch up to that lower zone pitch and that he got, you know, in some of his winter league action and through the course of the season, it got he got a little exposed. And there are people who are really off of him, just like there's people who think, you know, Gabriel Arias has a groove swing and it's not going to be successful. I'm in neither of those camps. Maybe I'll end up being wrong in both cases, but it is interesting. And I think Jay has a great point. He could very likely be right. I, again, I have Valera as the number one prospect in the system. I think the swing is going to generate power. I think he's going to walk enough. He Jones was young when he was in double a and Valero is a whole year younger. And he also just hasn't had the reps. Like the health is a concern. It's an issue, but could the health also be a reason why there's more ceiling or growth potential in him? Potentially. I, he, he just hasn't had those opportunities to really show himself. He hasn't had all the reps to really, uh, see fully what he is, but I credit to Jay. It's not something I would have thought of, and credit to Hollister Commercial. It's not something I would have thought of in that case either. Uh, for either of those players, in terms of their profile, and then Tony, I know I said I was gonna say your question. Oh, I do remember it. Uh, and I see your new question, Tony. So Tony's original question was, uh, and I lost it in spec. Uh, Logan T. Allen, what's his future role? Some people say reliever. I still think starter. Like, the third pitch is good enough. It'll be good enough for it to be successful. It'll be, uh, you know, he's got the fastball-slider combo. He's an excellent athlete. He was a two-way guy in college. When he wasn't pitching, he was a first baseman. I still fully believe in him. We'll talk about his numbers in a second. And then Tony asked today in the stream chat, first stream question ever to Tony, uh, chances of Spino or Williams joining the rotation this year? Um, rotation is a zero. Williams isn't, it, I don't see them having any chance of bringing him up. Espino could be a reliever late in the year, uh, but I still think very unlikely uh, just because I think they're going to manipulate service time. I think that's still a thing for them, uh, and there's not going to be a rush or push to bring either of them up, uh, specifically because, like, you know, the top reliever in system, Nick Miklajak, uh, needs to be added at the end of the year. Uh, Cody Morris will likely get a chance in the pen. Carlos Vargas will likely get a chance in the pen. I think those are the guys who'll get opportunities. I think Espino and Williams um, are very exciting. They're very interesting. And again, I've talked about that this rotation isn't that good. It's not terrible, but we got spoiled when we had like five of the 20 best pitchers in the American League at one time. Right now we have one frontline starter um, and then back-end guys and then one other one of those back-end guys with a chance to be a front-end guy. So... I think Williams and Espino, we need some of that excitement. We need some of that ceiling. I think those are excellent prospects. Oh, speaking of excellent prospects, um, uh, Hunter Gaddis is going to come on the show. I'm, I'm finalizing that. Uh, pitcher from Canton, Georgia. Big guy, built like a football player. It's draft night. I didn't watch any of it, but if you did, he is a huge human being who's pitching in Akron, and that's actually a perfect time to transition because Man, is Akron maybe the most interesting team in the minors right now? Their rotation has him. It has Tanner Burns. It has Logan T. Allen. It has Daniel Espino. Uh, it has, I'm blanking on the uh, the other part of that rotation. Uh, oh, Xavion Curry. 
has pitched in that rotation as well. You go through and you look at team leaders in ERA. By the way, Logan Allen won, Espino two. How about strikeouts? Allen and Espino are tied. Uh, you've got Curry at five, and I forgot Joey Cantillo, who's sixth. Don't don't sleep on Cantillo. He's trying to prove himself. And Tanner Burns, who, again, and Hunter Gaddis, who's been getting some innings uh, and moving up the list. That's, that's a really good rotation. That is legitimate. Um, you could say for the outside of Gaddis, those first five names, those are all players who are for sure top 30 prospects and maybe top 20 prospects in the entire system. Gaddis is a very interesting prospect. I think he can make it. He might be more a reliever. But he's also got one of the the loopiest um, secondary offerings in the system, so I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna get. And he's built like a like an innings eater. So let's. He came from Georgia Southern, small school kid. That uh, you know they're still working with on. Uh, we'll see. I, when I have him on, I'll talk about his velocity jump and what they're doing to maybe maintain it. But that's what's fun, right? They have some really interesting arms coming up. Savali, Plesak, they were not big prospects. Uh, they were not at all. So don't think that just because someone isn't maybe getting a ton of talk is a reason to look past them. Uh, in terms of offensive, you know, in that same vein, like Will Brennan currently leads the minors in average. Uh, he is the forgotten outfield prospect. Joe Naranjo in Lake County is uh, out hitting Johnsky Noel or John Kenzie Noel. He has been the guy in the minor leagues. He's putting up sick numbers. Him and Noel each have four home runs. You know who else has four home? Oscar Gonzalez leads the minors with five. Jose Fermin. I, you know, he's never going to get a chance because of how badly he's buried. But go back to when I was talking about the Angels deal. I'm asking for Fermin as a third piece if I'm the Angels. I need more infield prospects. All this kid has done is hit and have great contact rates at every level. He's always been buried because there's so many players in this system that are bigger names. Uh, he is exactly the type of guy, if I ran a team, I'd be trying to extradite and give an opportunity. If I need a middle infielder, like, let's give the kid a try. He has done everything right uh, and has performed across the board. How about the fact that uh, RBIs are trashed at, but Richie Palacios is still tied for first in that category. Uh, Milan Tolentilo and Jake Fox last two draft classes for those two second and third non-base percentage how about fox being second in the system and walks in general oscar gonzalez i don't know what to make of him i don't know if i ever will know what to make of him he might just be a complete you know uh unicorn specialty type he is he just keeps reforming i don't know how you make space to give him an opportunity uh i kind of wish they called him up when they had all their COVID issues like that would have been the time to see what he could do give him a few weeks but that didn't happen. Uh, now that I've said it out loud, I'm even more upset that didn't happen. But, yeah, he just keeps hitting, and I don't know if he's ever going to get an opportunity. He also leads the minors in triples and home runs. Uh, and Not doubles. He's just tied for third there. But, yeah, it's, you know, the, the pitching is interesting in Akron. You also have George Valera down in Akron. Uh, or did he get the call up? No, he's down there. Tyler Freeman got the call to Columbus. It's it's frustrating if you are a fan of the Guardians. Uh, it's very frustrating if you are a fan of the Guardians right now. But what's exciting is those minors. And it's coming. It's a coming quickly. And they got to give players opportunities. They got to see what they have because you know, Jones isn't healthy yet. But soon you're going to have Jones and Freeman and Arias down there. You're going to have 
Valerian double A. You're going to have, uh, you know, Bo Naylor's there, Lavastidis in triple A. They're just, the talent is getting gummed up. They're blocking each other. And it's, it's a nice problem to have, but it's, uh, it is a, it is more exciting in some regards just to see who could be the next big thing. You know, Stephen Kwan looks so good, and that's what stinks so much about his injury because it completely changed the way this lineup was. It completely changed how the team was going, and it just changed the excitement for the Guardians. And finding who's the next guy who can step up and fill in, I don't think we're going to see a big trade. You know, I talk about why it made sense to maybe go out and trade for someone like Joe Adele. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to be trying that internal talent uh, from now until the end of the season. This is not the contention year. This is the setup year. They got their core pieces locked in for seven years. Uh, they're likely to trade Shane Bieber this offseason. And then we'll see about what they can do with the rest. I mean, I think they're hoping that players will start stepping up. And I think, honestly, it's like 2024 is when the window really starts. Not what you want to hear. Uh, but remember, often teams overachieve and there's always a hope. And uh, it's when they get healthy, I, I think, and start figuring it out a little bit more. I still think this is a potential uh, wild card team. Uh, I'll stick by that. People can call me uh, a homer, whatever. I, I think they have uh, enough really good players to fall into that situation to at least compete for that. Uh, and then here we go. You know, it's a long episode. It's episode 700. I just want to take a moment and thank everyone. Like, thank every listener. Thank everyone who's left a review on iTunes who has downloaded an episode, who subscribes over here on YouTube, uh, who, you know, takes time. Uh, I can sit there and talk with my co-hosts, and many of them get a lot of trash treatment from people, get a lot of bad, uh, negative interactions. I have had one mean iTunes review. And there's been a few people occasionally on the Twitter where it's like, I'm going to roll away uh but it's for the most part it's like 99 percent of the guardians fans and the lockdown guardians fan base are just stellar human beings and i really do appreciate that about all of you uh i just want to thank you all you know i said it at the top and i'll stay here at the end i wouldn't have done 700 episodes if it wasn't for the listeners and the fans who kept me going when this was a podcast <coughs> where i mean some behind baseball some more it's like i mean the first year if i got 30 bucks a month i was lucky for uh you know 20 odd episodes so it's grown it's doing better it's continued to do better there's been points in time where it looked like maybe i wouldn't be able to keep this podcast but thanks to the listeners out there who who uh download listen you know help drive the numbers showing that like uh I am valued in this position is one of the reasons I've gotten to stay host for 700 episodes uh, of this very show. So I just want to thank you uh, all out there who have done anything. And uh, I'll continue to say, you know, download daily, tell a friend, uh, subscribe on the iTunes or on the, well, on the iTunes and the YouTubes. And uh, yeah, just thank you all. Uh, You know, it's, it's been a real honor to do 700 episodes. Uh, I'm sure there's been, ups and downs through it all but uh the fans you all out there are incredible and thank you bottom of my heart i mean that thank you uh, i wouldn't still be here without the fans between just keeping me going positive interactions and just showing that uh this podcast is valuable to the guardians fan base i have been jeff ellis this is locked on bot guardians podcast not the locked on guardians guard 
Godcast. I think it was kind of spoonerism there. It's late. Hey, this is my second take because the stream didn't work the first time. Uh, but I, again, I appreciate everyone. Thank. I've been talking for an hour. Okay, that's the cops are going to come. But uh, I appreciate all of you, and again, want to thank you. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This is the Lockdown Guardians, episode seven hundred. Uh, thank you all so very much yet again. And as I end every episode, go go Guardians, go.